And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The only place to read your emails and tweets. This is No Dunks. It's Tuesday, October 19th. Happy NBA Day to all you sickos out there. I'm J.E. Skeets alongside me as always. We got Tass Mellis. Happy NBA Day, everybody. We got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. NBA yo! NBA yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. And the man making the magic happen all season long, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second. Like the video. Hey, comment away. And if you haven't subscribed, we've officially reached beach step in season here. Going to do these generally once a week where we answer your questions. So send them in. NBA cues, non-NBA cues. Email them to nodunksattheathletic.com or you can tweet them in. At no dunks inc. Take uh, take Ziggy for example here, guys. Sent in this hilarious uh, Photoshop this morning of Ben Simmons <laughs> rocking a stream team oh, cutoff yeah. when it's 10:01 a.m. and the stream hasn't started yet. Yeah, sorry. You know we're good for a couple minutes late here, <laughs> even to start the season. Great stuff, Ziggy. So uh, send us uh, funny stuff like that at no dunks inc. on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, we're on TikTok too. Go check that out. Uh, before we get into it. A quick heads up that the Athletic NBA shows live opening day extravaganza tips later today at 3 p.m. Eastern featuring Zach Harper, Jay King, Dave DeFore, special guest Nate Duncan, and many, many more from the Athletic's cast of crazy talented uh, beat writers. So again, that's today at 3 p.m. Eastern. The Athletic's YouTube channel is where you can find that, that uh, mailbag live extravaganza so go check that out at 3 p.m eastern on the athletics youtube channel great questions tass lots of good cues to get us started here for our first beach step into the year but 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 for players drafted in the 2018 nba draft the deadline to sign rookie scale contract extensions was at 6 p.m eastern on monday now we discussed the phoenix suns locking up mikhail bridges on yesterday's show but we had a few more players agree to new terms just before the deadline coming in right at the buzzer I'll list them for you, and then I'll tell you who didn't sign TAS, and you can go wherever you want. We had the Grizzlies agreeing to a reported four-year, $105 million extension with Jaron Jackson Jr. The Suns agreed to a four-year, $43 million extension with Landry Shamit, not DeAndre Ayton. Uh, the Hawks agreed to a four-year, $65 million extension with Lili's sixth man of the year prediction, Kevin Huerta. <laughs> the Bucks agreed to a reported two-year $20 million extension with Grayson Allen. The Wizards agreed to a reported three-year $40 million extension with Daniel Gafford. And the Pacers agreed to a reported two-year 
$45 million extension with Malcolm Brogdon. That one's a little interesting. Notable players who didn't sign extensions, of course, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley III, Mo Bamba, Colin Sexton, and maybe Miles Bridges if you want to throw him in there. I guess you could throw Lonnie Walker the fourth as well. So, Tass, that was a lot of info there for you, but any surprises with who signed or who didn't? Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, who wasn't part of the 2018 draft class, signs a two-year extension. Why that is interesting, a little, little tidbit, a little curveball there, is that because his contract is now four years, Bobby Marks of ESPN knows the CBA far better than us. He cannot be traded this season mm. because of his four-year extension, or because of it is now his four-year deal. So that means he won't be traded for Ben Simmons. Take the Pacers off the table for a trade partner for the Philadelphia 76ers. That's why that is interesting. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, with the Grizzlies is interesting because the Grizzlies are shrewd. They don't mess around. They only pay the guys that they want to pay. They traded away Grayson Allen because they didn't want to pay him, guy who signed with the Bucks there. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is part of their future. That is 100% clear, even though some would point out he hasn't done a lot in the NBA because he's been injured, but he's shown plenty, and he is clearly a part of their future. And a guy who is not part of the Cleveland Cavaliers' future, at this point anyway, is Colin Sexton. I just wanted to note this one because... I think they have built, uh, or picked their building block in the backcourt as Darius Garland over Colin Sexton. Now, they can sign Colin Sexton next year in the offseason because he's a restricted free agent. Let the market set the value and, mm-hmm. and extend him. But at the same time, uh, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't extend him right now because uh, he, he's, even though I think people will look and say, the guy scored 24 per last year. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They don't have a lot going for them. Well, they've picked their guy in the backcourt to be their their point guard, Colin Sexton, sort of an undersized shooting guard, really, more of a six-man, probably wanted more than the Cavs wanted to pay. And I don't think it's a guarantee that he sticks around past uh, the trade deadline this year. I think it, it's clear that their future is more in line with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, and they go from there. Now, if Sexton is part of that as a six-man, maybe. Uh, but Sexton is on the board, IMO. Any surprises for you, TK, from these guys that did sign or didn't? Well, the big surprise is that DeAndre Ayton got no deal, and it didn't even feel like it was anything close to a deal, according mm-hmm. to Woj's reporting. Basically, the Suns say, you're not a max player, buddy, despite the fact that we just saw DeAndre Ayton be an instrumental part of the Phoenix Suns last year in their run to the finals. And as we've seen, If you're going to beat some of the best teams in the league, it helps to have a defender out there who's a big guy who can actually move. And DeAndre Ayton grew a ton playing alongside Chris Ball for the first time last season. Uh, We were giving the Suns a lot of kudos yesterday for inking Mikhail Bridges to a deal. They got a Landry Shamit deal done. But for some reason, the number one draft pick can't get an extension here. That was wild stuff to me. And if you've followed the Suns for a long time, it's hard not to look at their ownership and Robert Sarver and say... We've seen this franchise cheap out on draft picks in the past. Are they doing the same thing here? Because there's no doubt DeAndre Ayton's going to get a max deal. Once he becomes a restricted free agent next summer, the Suns can match, which they likely will do. But you you run the risk of upsetting DeAndre Ayton, jeopardizing the chemistry you had last season. And, you know, you can get him signed to a shorter deal uh, than you would had he got, had he signed an extension here. What if he signs a deal with a player out in his third season? You could be losing DeAndre Ayton a year earlier. This, to me, seems like a major misstep by Phoenix. 
Lee, before we get to our first cue, you got any uh, notes on any of these? Well, just that they can still obviously extend out next season on that five-year deal. So he could still get his money uh, anyway, and it could be one of those things that does sort of cost the Suns in the end because they could have gotten him a little bit cheaper here. So they still hold the power in that sense. He would only be restricted free agent, but it does sort of feel like they should have just tied this up now because Aiton really did improve last season, but now he's got the incentive and motivation to become even better. And, and that, I think, is probably what he's going to be. If, I, if I'm his agent, I'm saying, listen, just make sure that next season there's no question that they, they can even consider uh, not offering you the five-year max. So that's what I think is going to happen. But the Suns, it just, it's just one of those things after a great season leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth that mm-hmm. they didn't just take care of business as they should have right now. Yeah, I mean, well, they gave out $130 million plus in other extensions to their two guys in, in Bridges yeah. and Shamit, like I mentioned. But yeah, no DeAndre Ayton. And, and it's always interesting to see how a player approaches this, right? Um, whether they're inspired to play even better and sort of like a show you, like, oh yeah, okay, you doubted me for whatever reason, well, watch this. Or like Trey said, is there any concerns of, uh, uh-oh, he, he's upset with you and, and it goes the other way and he's like sort of checked out a little mentally a bit. We'll see. Uh, you're hoping if you're a Suns fan, of course, it's uh, it's the uh, former. So let's get to our first cue. We don't need to spend a lot of time on these uh, extensions. A lot of money handed out and a lot of it, uh, you know, I think warranted. First cue, Tass. Bonjour, les dinks. <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> its start. Yeah, to celebrate its 75th anniversary, the league unveiled a really fun ad campaign called NBA Lane that showed a fully fleshed out neighborhood dedicated to all things NBA. Magic and Bird are friendly neighbors. Kareem and Dirk are shooting driveway hoops. Manu mans the grill. It's great. My question, what places, people, or things not seen would you like to see in NBA Lane? Personally, I would love to browse Chris Anderson's exotic bird shop, see Neek working the reel at a movie theater, or spot Paul Pierce frantically looking for a public bathroom <laughs> ah, ah, turn up love you guys that's from dan in good. cleveland what do you think lee hmm, well i've got a few here so I'll, I'll sort of try to tell you a little story and then you can uh, join in at the end okay so we start with a pretty obvious one an establishing shot of a wedgie stuck in the bus hoop i think that's uh, oh. a good way to start yep we pan down from there to see patrick ewing just walking along just sweating profusely he strolls past Jimmy Butler's coffee stand where Dennis Rodman is ordering a coffee wearing either his wedding dress or the pajamas he turned up to practice in after Michael Jordan like rescued him from Vegas there. Yep. Then we move along. We see a banana boat hung up somewhere like a retired jersey. Then the camera catches something moving. It's J.R. Smith cruising by on his hoverboard. And as he's cruising nice. along, he zips past a man in a, a man's clothing store. And inside we see a tailor with a measuring tape out fitting out Tracy McGrady for a new pair of pants. Oh, and that's next to a barbershop where Carlos Boozer is in the chair getting some shoe polish applied to his noggin. (laughs) This guy's got a whole new commercial for us. That was great, man. Those are all great. I could slip those in. Nice little Easter eggs there. Uh, Is that it? Yeah. That's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah. It started really just with JR on the hoverboard and I thought, I think there's a few more here. So, uh, yeah, flushed it out a little bit and got some extras. I like it. I mean, I'll go next. I got a couple as well. I was surprised... um, we didn't get a, a Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood reference, mm. uh, being that it was NBA Lane. By the way, I love the commercial. I think it's uh, uh, really, really well done. But uh, yeah, David Robinson, a Neighborhood reference there. Or even, remember the Sprite commercial where hmm. Tim Duncan's walking dogs? Uh, he's got like a paper route too. We got Grant Hill mowing the lawn. Kind of a nice little, uh, again, little Easter egg callback. Trey, I think you'd like this one. Too bad we couldn't have got like 
a quick shot over to a pool or something and have the Splash Brothers, uh, mm. Steph and Clay doing like a cannonball, or at nice. the very least like a water gun fight or something like that. Um, a lot of Gary Payton in the actual commercial. Throw Sean Kemp walking with an umbrella in the background. Mm. Yeah, a little Rain Man, or he's got the slickers on or something like that. And the only thing else I would add, I wish there was a Muggsy Bogues uh, somehow inserted into the commercial, like some sort of reference for Muggsy. And what about the fans? All right, it's all about the players in this. What about the fans? Where's Jimmy Goldstein? Where's Navbacha? Where's Clipper Daryl? Yeah, you know, we had mascots. Throw one mm. fan. Jimmy for sure would have been funny. Jimmy on the bus that's full of just kids would have been hilarious to me. Um, but otherwise, I thought they knocked it out of the park. What, what, what else, uh, Trey? What do you got? Lee took all mine. I can't believe it. I had the banana boat in the mix. I had us working at an underwear store selling wedgies. I had Dennis Rodman visiting a tattoo shop. The only thing I would add that Lee didn't mention is Mark Cuban working at a Dairy Queen. Remember that old story (laughs) back in the day? He criticized NBA refs, said they couldn't even work at a Dairy Queen. So fine, I'll take a shift. I don't know. I'll put him back there. Cream it up. Did, Did he work somewhere else too? I feel like I've seen him in a Taco Bell working the line, but maybe, it's just, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe it's just a DQ. Uh, there was uh, the the scene on the bus. Obviously, Michael B. Jordan, not Michael A. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan making the bus go. Uh, he he pointed out to uh, the girl that he's talking to that this game stretches to every corner of the globe. And the kid said, "The world doesn't have corners." I wish Kyrie Irving jumped in yeah. and said, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> of course it does. Uh, that would have been good. Uh, we got to get a little Kyrie in there. I, 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 I hope Zion comes back because he's in this, and I think tomorrow, the day after, people are just going to be chiming in. Ah, he's hurt all the time. Uh, why is Zion Williamson in this? I hope Zion comes back real quick uh, to shut up those annoying people who will be on Twitter. Uh, I, I did like the Devin Booker driving up to the Kobe mural. Uh, featuring yeah, awesome. the, the B legendary quote that Kobe signed on Devin's shoes. Now he's driving a sweet blue Impala, and uh, Devin Booker is a car man. We saw him pull up in the finals last year in his own copper. He calls it uh, Pretty Penny, I believe. He calls it Penny anyways, because uh, it's it's copper. I wish he got to pull up in his own car, although mm. I'm sure he liked that blue, that sweet blue Impala. is pretty nice. Uh, he's got another blue car. He calls it Larry. He calls all his cars names. <laughs> Larry? Yeah, wow. Yeah, he calls it Larry. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got some beauty cars, that guy. But, yeah, it was it was great. It's It was great seeing Trey Young uh, filling up an ice bath because he's Ice Trey, and that's a nice little nod there. But, yeah, there's so many cameos that are that just fly by. Manu, I think, is uh, – what is he cooking, Lee? He's, I think he's cooking asada. Right, because it's an Argentinian dish. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, what's a good question. I haven't looked into it that closely, but uh, yeah, he has a great little cameo throwing the oop there to Zach Levine, which is awesome. It's, uh, it was really well done. I was trying to think, like, who's the most random reference in the commercial? Like, you have got, you've got some current players that aren't going to be on the NBA seventy five list, yeah. like a Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Zach Levine. Like, they're not going to be on it. But of former players. The weirdest reference I could find, and I, and I grabbed a screen grab, there's a shot where you can see a bunch of jerseys like uh, on the uh, clothing line outside, like drying. There's a Larry Johnson jersey, I believe, hmm. uh, hanging <laughs> right there by Moses Malone. I just found that. That would <laughs> cool. be a little strange. You know, I don't think Chris Mullen is also going to make this uh, the ultimate NBA 75 list. But I think we're learning the first 25 names tonight. Yeah. Um, they're going to do these like... Uh, over the course of the week, we're going to get 25 names tonight, and then I think 25 more on Wednesday, and then 25 more on Thursday. But, yeah, that one's a 
just a, just a, just I just noted that I was like, oh, yeah. okay, Larry Johnson. Well, you know, maybe it's just because it's an iconic jersey, Lee. I think so. I think it is. That's probably one of the first ones I think of with the Charlotte Hornets because he sure. was their number one pick 30 years ago, 1991. And uh, he was that guy who sort of put them on the map. Obviously, Alonzo did as well. But I think you associate, even though he probably, I mean, his better days were probably with the Knicks, I suppose. I mean, going to the finals there. But I think it was that first real time that the Hornets became good was because of Larry Johnson, I think. All right, next question. Hey, Nun Dunkers, I've got an idea. What do you all think about John Wall going to the Kings? They're young. They've got shooters. Wall can attack the rim, play some D. I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It could be a good place for him to rehab away from the limelight, like Markel Fultz, and in a system that seems to work, at least on paper. What do you guys think of this deal? What are some other teams you would like to see Johnny Wall on? Stay steady. Sweaty Letty. Corey Maggetti, Ugly Betty. Don't you think Dom walks like his arms are heavy? Wow. That's one of the better uh, signing offs to an email we've gotten. That's from mowing the streets, rat in the sheets. God, this guy's got bars. Um, all right, thanks, Mo. So John Wall to the Kings or John Wall to potentially another team. Trait. John Wall is a guy I've completely forgotten about. Totally, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He is on the Rockets, but he's not going to play for them. Um, so, we're, you know, we're waiting on a... <laughs> some sort of buyout or some sort of deal, but what do you think about Mo? John Wall to the Kings? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Feels like the Kings only have guards, Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson. I do like the idea you got to put John Wall around shooters. Uh, the idea of him rehabbing his value out of the spotlight is great. I don't necessarily think people are clamoring to watch the Houston Rockets right, right now. Right. It's not like he's in the spotlight, so that's not much of a problem. And I think that John Wall should be on an offense-first team that needs a creator. To me, that means throwing out contracts. Maybe they figure out some sort of buyout where it's easy for him, John Wall, to kind of pick his team. Why don't you stay in state and go to the Dallas Mavericks? I think that's a nice fit for John Wall, if I'm being honest. They got the shooting out there. They don't have any creators, however, outside of Luka Doncic. You would probably say Jalen Brunson is their next best off-the-dribble guy, but I would love to see John Wall setting up a Tim Hardaway Jr., setting up Luka Doncic for three-pointers, just somebody else who can take over the offense for periods of time so Luca can chill a little bit. That would require John Wall to buy in as a sixth man. He would be a killer sixth man. And I think playing on a playoff team for a good team and kind of elevating their bench units would certainly rehab John Wall's value. He would be in the spotlight, however, so uh, uh, I don't know, man, on that one. Uh, But yeah, I think the Mavs is actually a really nice fit for John Wall. Obviously, everybody talks about them as a potential Goran Dragic target, but the wall contract makes it so it seems like he's hard for him to find a new team right now. But if he f- could somehow find his way to Dallas, I think that's a solid fit. Tass, what do you what do you think about the email here from Mo? Yeah, let me take this one because I, I I get what you're saying, Mo. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a very <laughs> tough one to find a very good spot for John Wall. It's just yeah, obviously the contract is the biggest thing, but even more so, just the style of play. I'm sure John Wall looks at Russell Westbrook and says, "Damn." I wish that could be me right now. I wish I could be on a championship level team where I could just set guys up and uh, and really be 
uh, you know, able to, to cruise into the lane. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook's, you know, got that down in L.A. And then Kyle Lowry got the one in Miami with John Wall. I mean, where 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 do you look? The Mavs one is is the one I came up with, too. Uh, I, I, yeah, I definitely don't think the Mavs would ever think about doing it because I just don't think that they would sign up for long term with with John Wall. They're still looking for a star. They, you know, they thought about Kyle Lowry, I'm sure. But other than that. Maybe beside Jamal Murray in Denver, I, I don't. I don't think they would do that. They've, you know, they've already locked in four guys financially, so it's not going to happen. Right. What about the Clippers with Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe really as their as their starting backcourt? John Wall could be a bit of an improvement there, but you know they already have Terrence Mann as a cheaper alternative just to to come in and change things up. The Knicks, Kemba or Fournier replacing one of those guys or being a six man there. They got Derrick Rose. Those guys are all cheaper than John Wall is making forty plus. Uh, I think maybe, you know, the, I, I get what Mo was going with with Sacramento because they just need somebody. Uh, they, they would they would like to have somebody, even though they have De'Aaron Fox back there. They would like to get their hands on a star. But that number one, that's probably Ben Simmons spot. He could be going to Sacramento. Right. I think a team like that is the Wolves. If they moved on from D'Angelo Russell, if he could figure that out, uh, if they were desperate for a star, like like the Kings are always tend to be desperate for a star. But I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. I'm we with got, you, oh, Mo. Man. <laughs> we got a lot of people, or a few people, I guess, in the in the uh, stream team suggesting the Spurs too as a as a Wall destination. Lee, I don't know if you have thoughts on that or any other teams you see John Wall landing on. Don't think he really fits their timeline. They're, they seem to be going younger, and he's only 31, but he feels like an old 31 because he's had so many injuries. Mm-hmm. I think a team that is closer to a playoff spot, obviously in the contention, is uh, the Celtics. I think they could use some backcourt help there because they've got. Basically, Marcus Smart, I think, is their starting point guard, and Schroeder, then Archie Diacono as well there. So I think Wall could fit into that sort of a team where a veteran presence, a guy who has made the playoffs, he's been an all-star, he could help them. And, and certainly, he I don't think he would steal from Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those guys are the shooters and scorers, so I think John Wall could help facilitate that. But uh, this is, of course, taking into account that there's no way the Celtics are trading for that contract. $44 million this right. year with a $47 million option for next year. So This is the issue. John Wall basically, as it stands right now, he almost has to opt out of that contract for next season because I just can't see a team taking him on, certainly in a trade, knowing that he might say, yep, and you're going to have to pay me $47 million next year. So he's going to have to give back a ton of money if he wants to get out of Houston and then have the opportunity to go where he wants. Um because I think there'll be plenty of teams would say, all right, we'll take him for nothing, but we're not trading for him. Yeah, I just imagine if you were to ask 29 different NBA fan, fan bases whether they would want John Wall, and you just put the poll up, yes or no, I think you're getting a lot more no's than yeses, uh, just where he is at this point of his career. It's unfortunate, um, because when healthy, he's super, super exciting. Um, but, you know, he's getting up there, like Lisa and age and just the contract, too, and what you would be sending out to make it happen. I think there would be a lot of no's. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe there's some fan bases out there that we could talk themselves into uh, revitalizing John Wall, but ugh, not on that deal. Whew, that's, a, that's a lot. $47 million for next year? That's insane. Player option. <laughs> you, think he'll, you think he'll opt in? I mean, like, obviously he's not going to do it unless he has to, but as I'm saying, for him to go somewhere he wants... 
there's no way he can right. say I'm, <laughs> I'm taking this contract. Uh, but the Wizards basically signed him to that extension because they kind of had to because it was like they don't really do all that well. Apart from him and Beal, they haven't had anyone come there. So they had to sort of sign him to that deal. And fortunately for them, they've gotten away, uh, gotten out of underneath it. But uh, now the Rockets are like, oh, we don't want it either. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Yeah. Mm. All right, moving on. Hi, no dunkers. Going to come at you right now with what I think is a pretty solid question. If Jamal Murray comes back 100% healthy, would you rather have him or Devin Booker on your team? That's from Peter B. I lined this one up, Skeets, because I thought these are your two kids. <laughs> these <are my> guys. <laughs> um, pick between your children. This is, this is fair, Peter B. They're very similar age, similar accomplishments, similar game. Yeah. But who you got, Skeets? I, it, it is, but I'm picking Devin Booker. As my uh, you know favorite child, as you just said, uh, Tess. Uh, yeah, both are awesome. It's wild that they are almost identical age. Um, Booker's played, I believe, at least one more season more than than Jamal Murray has. Um, I go book. He's just a better scorer, though. Though, like percentage wise, it's really close. Like effective field goal percentage is like three point percent and all that. Um, in terms of just getting buckets, you know, career average. Booker's 23 points per game, and and Jamal Murray is much, much lower than that, around, I think, 16 after a a, a slower start than maybe a a Devin Booker. Love both these guys. I would want both these guys on my team uh, at that shooting guard position. I just love their mentality. You know, Jamal gets the Canadian bump, sure, but even with that, Lily, I go book. If I have to pick one of these two guys right now, and that is trying to take into consideration Jamal Murray being completely healthy um yeah i still go book though just at, at this point right now yeah booker gets the nod here but jamal murray remember that playoff run two oh, yeah. seasons ago in the bubble i mean he was unbelievable putting up those 50 point games and carrying the nuggets at times like he was incredible but uh devin booker is just a little bit better than him at the moment i think if jamal murray can come back one thing that has slowed down jamal murray at times is he gets off to a slow start during the season i think that's part of the reason why his average is a little bit lower he tends to find his rhythm a bit towards the end of the season i think there's no question jamal Murray is going to be a multiple all-star throughout his career, but we haven't seen that just yet, whereas Book has been in there a couple of times. The Book just seems to be a little bit further along in his development right now, but uh, yeah, I would not be unhappy to have Jamal Murray on my team. I think no. he is untradeable there at the moment in Denver because uh, he and Jokic have fantastic chemistry when they're together, but uh, yeah, Book in a book gets the nod here just. Well, well, that's part of the equation maybe too, though. Kadar, I see here in the stream team, you know, Murray really benefits from playing with Jokic. There's probably some truth to that. Um, you know, put Booker beside a guy like him, a playmaker like Jokic, and, and maybe, you know, he's doing even more impressive things than he already has. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, Trey, you're picking between Jamal Murray and Devin Booker. Where do you go? I'm taking Devin Booker. He just had two 40-point games in the finals against the Milwaukee Bucks, who are one of the better defensive teams we've seen in the past five years. Um, And I think part of the reason we haven't seen Jamal Murray be an all-star is that a guy like Devin Booker is a better regular season player um, than Jamal Murray. I just think that uh, Murray is happy to play off Jokic during the regular season, like you guys are saying, whereas Booker, he definitely plays off of Chris Paul, but I still think that Devin Booker is the number one guy there. And I think he's been the number one guy since he's been there. Whereas Murray, he'll turn into the number one guy come playoff time when it's more important to have somebody breaking things down off the dribble. So, I mean, it's it's a really close call. I think you would give the edge to Murray as a shooter. Uh, you know, he's definitely a better three-point shooter than Booker. That's one of the weirdest things to me about Devin Booker's game is he's got an incredible looking jump shot. We all know him as a shooter, 
but still he's just around league, league average. I think he was yeah. 34% last year. Not all that good, really, but... You know, he's able to also get into the mid-range game. He can finish at the rim. He's a little bit better playmaker with the ball in his hands. So I think ultimately going Booker, but in a playoff series, I think it's, you know, one of them could have the better night any single night out there. Yeah. Chas, sure. anything to add? Well, I'll, I'll add that Peter B, a great comparison. Mm-hmm. Quite often these emails saying, who you got, this guy or that guy, are pretty lousy. But Peter B, you stepped up to the plate. <laughs> Bang! Uh, you knocked one out of the park here. So very, very good. I would uh, tend to lean with yeah Devin Booker just because he is more consistent. Even though what you guys are saying is totally true, Jamal Murray, the better three-point shooter, and uh, in a playoff series, we've shown he's shown that he can get super ridiculously hot. And yeah, he just hasn't been there as a regular season rock for uh, for the Nuggets like uh, Jokic has or like Booker has. Uh, so it, it's hard to go away from Devin Booker and, and what he's accomplished. Now, if Jamal Murray had a full season last year, maybe things are a little different. I think he was he was evolving he, by far his best three point percentage of his career last year at forty one percent, which is scorching hot. And why he is as efficient uh, as Devin Booker? You said those uh, those. Sh- True shooting percentages affect the field goal percentages. That's mm-hmm. why he's could be more valuable possession to pres- possession because he hits threes, unlike uh, D Book. But uh, yeah, Devin Booker has been more consistent. He's been had to be in the guy. He's had to grow in a different way than Jamal Murray has, having been in this league as a number one guy, told that he can't play defense and all that, and then becoming yeah, their 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 number one guy. Even though Chris Paul pushed him along. Uh, that that hasn't been the case with Jamal Murray, but maybe Jamal could have been that guy uh, to a degree last year if he if he got a, another chance at the playoffs after the bubble playoffs, but he didn't. So this is it's unfortunate for him um, because he's got to kind of come back and hopefully he'll be a hundred percent healthy like our man Peter B suggests. Because yeah, the guy those those playoff series the last time we saw him in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz, him and Donovan Mitchell going at it. I mean, those are a thing of beauty, man. Those were those were ridiculous. Average 26 that postseason. Well, that's the wild part when you compare them on basketball reference. Like I said, Booker's got the better scoring numbers regular season-wise and has played more games, but the postseason, Jamal Murray's played in more postseason games, 33-22 to 22 to Booker's. And while he doesn't score as much still as Booker overall, I mean, 24-6? and six? 24-6-5 for Jamal Murray in 33 playoff games on 47% shooting and 40% from three. Uh, that's amazing. And you said there, Trey, and, and it's spot on with Booker. You know, we just think of him as an, as an amazing three-point shooter. We've seen him in three-point contests. We've seen him win one, for crying out loud. But uh, in in the playoffs, he's only a 32% three-point shooter. So he sort of struggled there, um, which, is, which is wild. Also saw somebody ask... Still with the, I believe it was. Who's the better defender of these two? Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty comparable. Um, I don't even know if I could lean towards one over the other. I, I don't think These I guys aren't out there for their defense. No, no. Get buckets, and they're both good at it. But uh, great question there from Peter B. we got lots more still to get to on a beach step episode here. But first, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. How are we feeling about Jackson's chances uh, this year, J.D., making the team? Well, he's been practicing like crazy, but uh, pretty stiff competition over there. Okay. So, so we'll see. We'll see. He had a bit of a growth spurt last time I saw him by the looks of it, J.D. Is he, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now he's one of the tallest in the class, so he's got mm. that going for him. Oh, that's oh. always good, especially at that age, just being yeah. the tall guy. Slapping <laughs> <laughs> balls. Not that I would know about it. I was definitely not that. Trey, were you the tall guy early on, or was that a late, late growth spurt for you? Uh, I became the tall guy my sophomore year. Oh, uh, pretty, oh pretty late. Cool. Yeah, I went from five nine to six two during a summer. So wow. string bean. <laughs> awesome. All right. Good luck to uh, Jackson. Keep a uh, keep us updated, JD. I just filled uh, out a form to uh, to be an assistant coach with my buddy Grish uh, oh. for for his uh, for my godson Andreas's uh, uh, team coming up here at the YMCA. So I'm gonna have some great stories about coaching. Hopefully wow. six-year-olds. Or really just great stories about my buddy Grish yelling at six-year-olds. Uh, um, and if you've if you played with my buddy Grish, they're not going to be working on their offensive game much. It might be good lockdown. <laughs> Jesus. I think that's yeah, why you're probably, be the shooting yeah. coach. I think I'm the yeah. offensive yeah. Uh, coach. Yeah, he's, he's worrying about defense. Uh, all right. To our next question here. Ayo, love the show, guys. You even got me watching the Fast and Furious films, which is something I never thought I would do. Anyway, I got a real first world problem here. My wife and I are going to New York in February, and while we're there, there are only two NBA games being played on the same day, and I assume at the same time. The Knicks, the Knicks host Oklahoma City, and the Nets host Sacramento. So, do I go to the Garden for the experience, or to the Barclays Center to watch Kevin Durant and James Harden? Thanks for the help. Keep up the good work. That's from Danny. Real dilemma here, Lily. If, uh, again, these are being played, let's say, at the same time, do you go to MSG to watch the Knicks play uh, the Thunder? You know, mm. not a great team. Uh, or do you go and possibly, possibly, hopefully, watch Kevin Durant and James Harden on the Nets uh, host the Kings? You know my answer to this. Uh I'm going to Madison Square Garden. If you've never been, I I really think if you're a basketball fan, you should experience it at least once, if you can. Um, I was trying to make a really weird music like uh, equivalent to this, Trey, and I was struggling the best I could come up with, and it's not good, okay? So I'll start with that. It would be like 
do you want to go see, and you know, if they were alive, <laughs> a tribe called Quest at Red Rocks or the Hollywood Bowl, like an iconic venue, like the Garden, and a good and a good band, of course. Or do you want to see Outcast at like your run-of-the-mill arena, like the Barclay Center for crying out loud? So you can't go wrong. They're both gonna be great both the music and the NBA, but, you know, one is because of the venue, Red Rocks or Hollywood Bowl. Again, one of these iconic spots. I lean towards that. That's, you know, with the uh, the Madison Square Garden element. So that's a horrible probably again. <laughs> I, I, I spent like... I'm laughing right now just imagining a tribe called Quest performing at Red Rocks. Yeah, I know. That's the crazy part to me. Okay, okay. Well, help me with this because I was like talking to Nora. I was like, okay, I want to try and come up with this music analogy. And I couldn't decide on the band. I was trying to do a band at first. I just, for some reason, I had Aerosmith in my head. <laughs> and then she's like, well, is Aerosmith the, the Knicks or is it the Nets? And I'm like, well, I think I'm using Aerosmith as the... I think they're the Knicks. I think they're the Knicks, too. Yeah. Okay, Aerosmith at Red Rocks <laughs> is to what in this, then? Who would it be? <laughs> like, uh... It would be the Spice Girls at, today at the Hollywood Bowl, right? So it would be, do you want to see Aerosmith 1976 at Red Rocks or do you okay. want to see Spice Girls today at the Hollywood Bowl? What? Right? No, 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 no. See, this yeah. is why it was tough. No, because the Red, let, get rid no, of the Hollywood Nets are Bowl. Better. Let's the just, net, go, with, let's just go with Red Rocks. What we know is Red Rocks, iconic venue, like Madison right. Square Garden. And then uh, Barclay Center, <laughs> fine. It's a normal arena. Oh, I see what you're it's, it's newish, so it's fine. Right. But let's just use Barclay Center to see Band X there. Mm. Right. Uh, so you're seeing the Spice Girls at Red Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's or, the superior yeah. band. Or you're seeing Aerosmith yeah, circa 1974 <laughs> at the Skydome. Why are we comparing Aerosmith to Spice Girls? That's very odd. But all right. It's the knit. If if you want to see a uh, a championship team in their prime, that's the Nets, right? So that's the that's yeah. Aerosmith, nineteen seventy seven. Okay, okay, I got you. Right, I got you. Or if you want to see just a whatever a band, if you want to see I don't know, Cold Chisel, apologies, Lee, <laughs> at Chisel. the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, it's just oh, like yeah. you don't know any of the songs, but hey, the venue's pretty cool, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Nora wanted me for you, Lee, to use uh, Robbie Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Robbie Williams are the Knicks at Red Rocks. Incredible venue. And then what's the uh, the opposite of that? That's where I was struggling. So who's a yeah. better artist in your mind, Lee? I mean, who, who do you love? Well, so it's funny you say Robbie Williams at Nebworth. That was where there was 125,000 <laughs> people there. Yeah, right? It's funny you mentioned that. that. Well, that's, 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 the, that's the greatest, like concert that Robbie Williams has ever played that three okay. days there right uh, okay. now cool story bro <laughs> now now so the band that opened oh, for God. them was the darkness right okay now, Ooh, no nice. one had heard of the darkness before that weekend at Love. Nebworth right right and they were incredible they absolutely killed it they were awesome everyone loved them they were a huge thing and then I went and saw the darkness at Brixton Academy after that summer like three or four months later and they just didn't have that same pull, you know, because they uh. weren't at Nebworth. So mm. the venue absolutely boosted the darkness. But when they were on their own without Robbie there coming after, it was like, right. ah, a little bit flat. They had an opening band. It was like, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. So the venue is massive in this scenario. Like the venue really helps the whole experience. Sure. So 
Um, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this story. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to wrap that up. I knew that was I saw the darkness story. at Summerfest in Milwaukee, Lee, and they fucking rocked my ass <laughs> off. Yeah. So, so go see them if you get a chance at an outdoor festival. Exactly. I don't know Keyword. if anybody looked at the schedules here. These games both take place on Valentine's Day, February oh. 14th. <laughs> Pick something else is what I would yeah. say. Or no. just the only thing to choose, whichever one you can sit closer. Look at the prices. <laughs> see where you can sit the closest. That'll be the most fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Here, here. J- Jason Fire 34. The Rolling Stones are the Knicks, I guess at Red Rocks. And Taylor Swift is the Nets at the Barclays Center. Lee, what are you picking of those two? Well, you know, I've seen the Rolling Stones uh, outdoor oh, venue and, right. you know, they were a little bit flat at the time because they didn't have any new stuff. Uh, I haven't seen Taylor, so I that's the, That's like... the key. That's what we're talking <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's yeah. when you're seeing them. Like, yeah. the, 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 the Knicks today, I hear the Knicks are back. That's what I've heard. Well, the Knicks are a good team. Yeah. yeah exactly. They're, they're, they're rocking they're... in the preseason, that arena. That's going crazy. Julius Round hit the game winner the other day. He thought they won the championship just watching yeah, it. Yeah, so. that's, that's a huge part of this. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. You, you might – I think you're just – I like their chances of getting a closer game between the Knicks and the Thunder for some reason, even though the Thunder are going to be bad, than I do the chances of a Nets-Kings game having that juice mm. in the Barclays Center. Though, if you just want to see Kevin Durant and James Harden, I mean, you want to see those, you want to do the little check mark that you've seen those, uh, you know, two players that, for crying out loud, could be on the NBA 75 list in the next couple of days here, then, then go do that. I don't know. Tass, what, what do you got here? What's, what's the answer? I don't think you got to go and look in the past. I don't think you got to go back and think of uh, the good old days in Madison Square Garden. You got a championship team right in front of you. You got a, a possibility to go see two of the greatest of our time and Kevin Durant and James Harden. Just go do it. Just go watch the Brooklyn Nets. Let's not get caught. Yeah, what are the odds here. both of them are playing February 14th? Low. Very low is, is what and I'm saying. James Harden does yeah. not miss games. Uh, Kevin Durant, I think I think it's pretty high. I'm I'm picking them easily over okay. Aerosmith. Thirty years <laughs> later, Spice Girls in their prime, oh, Taylor man. Swift in her prime, uh, <laughs> or yeah, the the darkness in the right. I guess it's the right venue for the darkness. But yeah. go I, see, go see Kevin Durant. What are you waiting okay. for? Okay. When, when's the, the All Star game? If this is happening on February fourteenth, oh, yeah. great great point. Must be. A week later, a week maybe? after, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. right before the All Star break, probably. Hmm. Yeah, just quickly on the Spice Girls, I think uh, Posh Spice Victoria, <laughs> she's she's retired. She's no longer. Uh, she's ne- going to never do any reunion shows or anything like that. So that's kind of like me retiring from the NBA. You know, like she was like just the worst singer that they're, they're better off without her. So. Um, yeah. Hasn't she been retired forever? Well, she's kind of hung on there for a bit, but uh, yeah. she was there at the London opening ceremonies, right? Was she? Is that right? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a big deal. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Posh Spice is like Kyrie Irving. You're not sure if she's going to be there or not. <laughs> uh, AJ, tell me you've never been to MSG without telling me you've never been to MSG. <laughs> My man, yeah, you come to watch the game. That's the important part. You want a close game. I get it. Hopefully it's tight in the fourth quarter, maybe a little overtime action. But if you never watched the game at Madison Square Garden, it's something special, man. It's just the crowd's into it. That's the big part, especially with the Knicks actually being decent now. And it's just beautiful. Uh, and I've been to the Barclays Center. It is a nice arena, especially being new. But uh, MSG, it's, it's, a, it's, something, it's something else, as I've said a million times now on this show. So if you get a chance, I would go with that one. 
personally. And you get to see Dort in SGA. He's going to make the All-Star team. He'll probably be a bit, being announced to make the All-Star team. That uh, late in the season, no chance those guys game. are playing. They'll be shut oh, down for man. the year. Yeah, that's true, especially if they start well. That's a good point. All right, well, let us know, Danny. We want an update come February uh, or maybe in the next week when you book these tickets. Let us know what you ultimately go with for uh, you and your wife there on on Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. All right, next key. Next one here. Hi, No Dunks. Listening to your Summer League podcast, I was ecstatic to hear Tass and Dave talking Saucony. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was actually an ambassador of Saucony. Talking Saucony. I was actually an ambassador of Saucony doing triathlons from 2014 until the pandemic hit. Every year I got to choose any shoe to train in. Woo, woo. I also love the classic jazz shoe, who doesn't? And Kinvara is my go-to running shoe. That is a good one. After I lost my sponsorship, I was keen to try a different brand after wearing Saucony for so many years. So my question is, was there a time you decided to try something new and love that one even more than the product you were so faithful to? I hope Saucony will sponsor you guys soon. Much love from the Philippines, but I'll be moving to Melbourne with my girl in a few months. I'm now Team Lee. Oi, oi, oi. That's from Miguel. <laughs> um, Trey, was there a brand that you uh, converted to and liked it even more than your previous love? Do you consider sandwiches brands? Sure. Okay. In that case, I've started eating Philly cheesesteaks instead of the Chicago-style Italian beef. Been a beef man my entire life, as you guys know. Uh, and seeing all this stuff with Candace Parker winning the championship, going to Portillo's, love me an Italian beef. But in the past month, I've started ordering the Philly cheesesteak at places. It's a banger. <laughs> I just gotta say, I was sleeping on the Philly cheesesteak for 37 years because I just wanted that dip. You know, I wanted a juicy beef sandwich, but a cheesy beef sandwich is nice too. So shout out to the cheesesteak Philly. You're doing it right, but now seeing all this Candace Parker stuff, I might have to go back. It's like a one-month oh. dalliance with the Philly cheesesteak. Is that enough? I don't know. I guess I'll have to do some experiments. Mm. Cheesesteaks are good. Cheesesteaks are really good. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, why are you putting mushrooms in there? Oh, because they're also good. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Good uh, blend. Mine's also food-related, too. Um, I love ketchup. Used to love ketchup. Still love ketchup. <laughs> you know, of course, with fries. Heck, even uh, eggs. <laughs> but I have very, not recently, I guess over the last couple of months, I really went Zuckerberg on this. And I'm all about that sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce now. It's like, I just use that instead of ketchup with fries, with even eggs. Um, and I don't, I, I can't believe it because I've been team ketchup for like 40 years of my life. Mm. And now I'm just, I've just converted to the barbecue sauce as uh, the replacement for it. It's wild, but it's uh, that's Sweet Baby Ray's. I just got to keep saying Sweet Baby Ray's. Sweet Baby Ray's. I love Ray's. that video of him saying Sweet Baby Ray's <laughs> a million times. Um, but yeah, Lee, that's where I've gone. And uh, I don't know, it might, be like a, it might be like a chip. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Chip flavors, sort of like they come and go in your life. You're like, suddenly you're all into dill pickle and then yeah. you can't stand to look at it. It could happen here. I could be back on the ketchup train, but right now mm. I'm barbecue. That's salt and vinegar for me. Uh, I've been a big salt and vinegar head. Then you go missing for a couple of years. It always brings you back because it's like, it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. They put you on the milk carton. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Hasn't eaten a salt and vinegar chip in two years. And then all of a sudden you get them and you're like, yeah, why did I ever leave this? And then you're back right. on the salt and vinegar wagon heavy, heavy for the next few months. You know? <laughs> um, for me... I was always a Dell computer man. Hated the Mac. Hated it. Like, no way I'm ever getting a Mac. Nah, they're too pretentious. Oh, look at me with my Mac. Anyway, 
I started working with a friend in Toronto one time and uh, he had a spare computer for me and it was a Mac. And I had this secondhand crappy old Dell and he was like, well, you can have this Mac if you want. And I was like, nah, it's fine. I'll use my Dell. And then I saw the Mac working and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing with this? I fling the Dell out the window. They like, get out of here. The Mac was just so much better. So much more. Uh, I got so much better use out of it. The battery was more reliable. Didn't have as many lagging problems and things like that. So now if I see someone with a Dell, I'm like, ugh, ugh, get away from me. That was my former life. I'm fully on the Macs now. <laughs> Taking it to the max. <laughs> uh, you used to like uh, Dell pickles. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah. what if Adele was playing at Red Rocks? Ooh. And, <laughs> and Mac Miller, uh, and Mac piece, Miller sure. Fleetwood, Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac nice is a job. solid one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, all right, that's. So you're, you're just team, you're team Mac. Now I'm team Mac. I've got the Apple iPhone, of course. So I dallied with the Apple Watch for a while. It didn't really fit my style, but uh, yeah, you just, you <laughs> just realize. didn't fit your style? What is uh, your I style? Just, you know, like, <laughs> like I don't like the look of an Apple Watch on your hand, on your wrist, because it looks just like yeah, a... Stop it looks, wearing it on your hand. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, it, you're always then attached, and that's what I don't like. So I did try another watch there, just the classic watch for a while, but I didn't really like that either. So I'm just not a jewelry man, really, apart from the wedding ring. That's about it, but uh, yeah, you know the Apple the Apple Watch one we first, we all had them. I think Tass, did you do you have one nowadays or no? Uh, I got one now. Yeah, yeah, uh, last we, few months. Yeah, uh, we all had them going there for a while, and Still it was it, you know man. it was kind of good. Nice. But then it was like, nah, I don't like this anymore. So got is rid that of it, maybe but. because you have so much arm hair that you have to like <laughs> your watch? Is that fine? No wonder you had to wear it on your hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Tass, Tass, is that your answer? Actually, I mean, uh, what Lee just said—sort of like coming back to the to the Mac world after you went Android there with the phone for a little bit. No, yeah. I'm, uh, listen, I miss my Samsung for sure. I miss having a separate volume for my alarm versus my ringtone. Of course, I do. I love. <laughs> I miss that customization, but yes, uh, the practicality of being able to airdrop and share everything with the Mac uh, and the phone, of course, it's, it, it trumps all those little options that you get with the, little, with the Samsung. Although the Samsung was free for several years for me, so I like that. That was nice. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, that, that was a cool little feature. Um, Tim Cook not handing me Apple iPhones as a freebie that's right. not happening with mr cook but um yeah i didn't think i was going to get on the apple watch thing you guys were sitting around the table uh during our starters days we sat at a very cozy table table meant for six and we had six uh sprawled out there for several hours i saw five watches around me at all times uh, no one ever took off a watch but uh, i guess trey Maybe JD are the only ones who really lot. JD, you're still around? Are you still an Apple Watch man? I am. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People seem to be uh, dying off. I don't. At least gone. Skeets doesn't wear it as much. I don't wear it as much, but I still wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Matt doesn't wear it as much. I mean, you either do it or you don't, though. Are you a running man or are you a full time? Oh yeah, but I'm not running right now, Tess. I can put my watch. Well, I know. On it's after. What, yeah. Yeah, I know. But are you? You see, I'm saying you don't wear it as a watch. Watch. Uh, no, I guess not. I think with the show, too, I was noticing when I was wearing it, I would always forget to turn its, like, you know, notification or ringer off. So it would be buzzing away on my wrist, or you could maybe even hear it sometimes. So I stopped wearing it generally for the show, because it's like, I keep forgetting that part. 
uh, you know, no mm. problem turning the phone ringer off, but I would sometimes forget the old watch. But yeah, mm. I still wear it for, I love it for running, of course. Um, Cause you don't even need to run with your uh, phone. That's the best part. I love that. You can uh, still listen I've... to podcasts. Yeah, you gotta go silento, like like the, the, the number one the number one hit. Watch me, watch me. You gotta go silento, sure, uh, all the time on phones and watches. Yeah, if you're in sure. a company no setting, you got to yeah, turn it off. And you can turn off all your notifications for your watch. You know, you can be picky and choosy. That's the great thing about a watch. I find it. I use my phone less because I've got a, a watch. Mm, that's good. All right, let's hear from everybody with all these questions. Let us know in the stream team your answers. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet them in. At No Dunk Sync. We got to take one more break, but we still got a cue or two, so don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. One more cue. I think we got two more. I yeah, think you're up first there, yeah, Skeet. Oh, did I you're, miss that's one? Why, you're a bit of a John Skipper there. That's I why, did. That's, see, that's why <laughs> Lee's going to claim that he was thrown off. Although, come oh, on, Lee. You're technically... Hey, yeah, no, I, I have definitely been off before, but I was thrown <laughs> off on that one because I was like, I thought we had one more cue coming. And yeah, then had to check but the that duck. was silly. Why would we only put one question after the second ad break? That was my bad, though. I should have uh, caught that. Okay, so we got two cues. Uh, that's great. Sup, no dunks? I'm just, I'm just giving people more money than the than more value for them, man. Putting the ads later. Get out of here. Oh, I know. Ads. Putting the ads later. Yeah, but just a bunch of ad reads and then one question and then goodbye? I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess. We'll make it a long goodbye. What's <laughs> uh, up, no dunks? I was rewatching the 2016 Christmas Day game between the Warriors and Cavs, and I was reminded of just how underrated that game is. The highlights alone are enough to make it an iconic game, not to mention it's topped off with a game-winning shot by Kyrie Irving. So my cue... What are some other underrated NBA games? That's from Samuel B. Tass. What do you got? Samuel B. Good question. Let's talk about some games that aren't talked about enough. And I, I think 
Paul George versus LeBron James in the Heat Pacers arrow. And the Pacers seem to be on top of the league with Roy Hibbert and David West and George Hill and Lance Stevenson. But Paul George was the star of that team that got really close to knocking off the Heat. They went to seven games in 2013 and then six games in 2014. Now, going to 2013, that series, Paul George versus LeBron, was really great going to seven games. Game two, third quarter, the Heat were up 1-0, but in the third quarter, the Pacers would not die in Miami, and Paul George kind of lulled LeBron to sleep on the perimeter, then flew by him, and then had a huge throwdown on Chris Anderson's mohawk that Chris Anderson complained about. But Paul George, watching that play, I could watch that play 500 times because he looks... He looks so much more athletic. You know, he's obviously still incredible, but that that was his peak athleticism before he got injured. Then the next year, the Pacers won that game, so it was one-one going back to Indy. They had a chance, uh, but Miami stole Game Three, and it went seven games. It was a great series. So I think Paul George is kind of forgotten about as as they, one of those guys that lost to LeBron, like many, many, many guys in the Eastern Conference. And we even talked about uh, John Wall a little bit earlier in the show. I think people will forget peak John Wall and Paul George still playing great uh, but I think people will forget about uh, peak Paul George those those series it wasn't just another dude that lost to LeBron it was it was close it got to seven games and that dunk I could watch a billion times and then there is that uh, the handshake the 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 famous um, thing that is talked about a lot LeBron shaking Paul George's hand after uh, that jam later on in the game. So that's a little respect there from those two dudes because LeBron knew. LeBron knew that the Pacers were coming for them, but, yeah, they were able to knock them off. This is a good one from uh, Andrew in the stream team. The first home game for the new Charlotte Hornets. Kemba Walker had a game-winning shot capping a comeback by the Hornets. Good call. That's an underrated game right there. Hadn't thought about that one in a long time. What do you got, Lee? Yeah, mine's probably not underrated because it, it was a big game, but it was kind of forgotten because of the season it was in. And it's, it's Clay Thompson's game six against the Thunder in 2016. Because remember, if the Thunder win that game, they go to the finals. And they were leading by seven points with just under six minutes to go. And then uh, and Clay had 19 points in that fourth quarter, finished with 41, hit the 11 threes. It was just an incredible game. But because, and then the Thunder had to go, excuse me, the Warriors had to go on and win game seven. Of course, they go to the finals and lose. And so it's almost like you just forget just how impactful that game was. Kevin Durant wins that game. I don't think he joins the Warriors next season. I mean, it had such an impact on what uh, happened after that game as well. So, uh, you know, Clay has got the reputation for game six. He's had a few other ones against the Rockets. He had another one as well. But I just remember watching that game because it was my birthday on that night. And it was like... uh, the Warriors, you know, their season looked like it was going to come undone right then in the conference finals. Instead, Clay has just an incredible performance. I remember that one three that he hit where he caught it kind of right at the top of the key, but deep near the halfway line. He didn't even really move his feet. He just flung it at the rim and knocked it in. And uh, of his 11 threes, I think 10 came when the when the Thunder were leading the game. So uh, oh, he was cool. just huge. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not underrated, but I, right. I sort of think it gets a little bit swept under the carpet now because the Warriors obviously, uh, you know, blew it in the finals there. 
So 2016, that was what, mm. your 58th, 59th? <laughs> Trying to do the math real quick. That's cool. That's a fun, uh, fun memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. Okay. Uh, what do you got, Trey? Underrated game. couple more from that season from Tomas Carnero. I had this on my list. OKC versus the Warriors overtime game. That's the double bang from Steph Curry at mm-hmm. half court. Legendary. Also, the Bucks snapping the 24-game streak from the Warriors. I think we were watching that at Ernie Johnson's house Correct. the night it mm-hmm. happened. And another streak snapper I will add is the Bulls breaking the Heat's 27-game win streak in yep. Chicago uh, in 2013. Uh, it's crazy to think now because, like, a 27-game win streak, amazing. Uh, right up there with the 33-game win streak from the Lakers, but they didn't set the record. The Bulls getting this win just put them into the playoffs when they did nothing. But at the time, it was a huge game, right? You're like just in the middle of March. Somehow this becomes the biggest game on the schedule because everybody is giving the Heat their best game. That was an awesome one. Had some flagrant fouls from LeBron, like bodying Carlos Boozer, sending him flying a huge game from Luol Dang. Young Jimmy Butler hitting some floaters and some massive plays from Kirk Heinrich in the fourth quarter. So that was a fun one uh, to relive on YouTube. Those are great. Um, As a quick apology for screwing up the rundown and the ad placement and some of the dead air, I just wanted, uh, again, as a, I'm sorry, to share this photo of Jeff Foxworthy with everyone from Game 2 of the 2004 Finals. Thanks, Jeff. So, apologies for screwing that up. Everybody on YouTube's looking at a weird photo of Jeff Foxworthy again at the 04 Finals between the Pistons and Lakers. I just stumbled upon this on Getty Images, and I was like, that's a that's a weird photo. There he is. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's an Indochino he's wearing there or not. Uh, not sure they existed at that time. Oh, great. Hold, pull that up real quick here. Oh, we got sure. a question from Graham Barker who says, what, what is that he's reading? Good question. But Graham yeah. Barker says, is that Larry the Cable Guy beside him? Probably. I mean, we're seeing a shirtless <laughs> plaid shirt and a camouflage hat. I guess Jeff Foxworthy could know other people who wear that out and about, but... If you're sitting next to Jeff Foxworthy and you're wearing a sleeveless plaid shirt, you're probably Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, I, I bet it is. I bet. It, I think he's reading, you know, the the program, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, the game book. Yeah, it looks. It does look like a basketball those, photo. Yeah. 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 There's something there. He's looking at <laughs> hoops head. Jeff Foxworthy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, one more question. I think I have that right, Tass, and you got this one. A little about me. I'm an NBA sicko that craves that sweet, sweet content. I'm a Raptors fan first, an NBA fan second, a Blue Jays fanatic, and a Chicago Bears supporter. I grew up in the 519, lived downtown in the 416, and moved to the 905 Burbs where I live out my days separating compost and walking my dog. Respect. In between all of that, I spent my early 20s living just outside of Melbourne, cheering on the Essendon Bombers, where I learned the hard way not to say rooting for the Bombers. (laughs) Uh, My question for you, have you ever found a product, show, or media that felt like it was specifically designed for you? The way I feel every time I listen to TBJ slash The Starter slash No Dunks podcast, turn up, look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. That's from Adam R. Boyd. So, Lee, what's your answer? Something that was designed for you. Yeah, well, you, you guys know, you know, when I started becoming an NBA fan, there just wasn't a lot of access in Australia. You know, we didn't have the cable TVs and the internets back then, so we would get little scraps of information. But 
around 1990, all of a sudden, early on Saturday morning, like six o'clock on Channel 10, we would get this NBA action. It was like more than just highlights. It was news, notes, and quotes. It was the top 10 with uh, Jim Fagan, who had that awesome voice. And it was just everything else about the NBA, more news and more information that I craved and desperately wanted to see highlights of. And it felt like no one else in my town, or even in Melbourne at the time, was watching it. It was just me. Every every Saturday morning, I'd get up and watch it. And then we got inside staff as well later on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, the NBA is just like feeding me personally uh, <laughs> custom tailor, you know, highlight packages that are just absolutely perfect. I'd tape every one of them, and then I'd watch them over and over as well. So uh, it was awesome. I, I, I loved it. And uh, it was so great. You know, you learned about Ahmad Rashad and, uh, you know, doing some of his uh, interviews with the guys. But... Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. All right, that is a great, great call. I'm with you on that one because inside stuff, deservedly so, gets a lot of the, uh, you know, the attention or respect. Mm. But in a, an NBA show in the nineties, but NBA action was that was for the true sickos. Yeah, that really was. Uh, and we got that in Canada. I remember as well. That was a lot of fun. Um, anybody else got an answer, Trey? Yeah, over the summer, did a bunch of podcasts about cars. Fast and Furious and Formula One. So I was very happy to see Vin Diesel start showing up at Formula One races, hanging out with Lewis Hamilton. It felt like my whole summer 2021 had joined together uh, to meet at the racetrack. What I think is happening here is that the Fast and Furious franchise is coming to an end, as we know. We just uh, did our podcast on F9. I think they've said that Fast 10 is going to be two parts, which... Makes me think there's a fast 11, if you really think about it. Nonetheless, it's coming to an end. And I think Vin Diesel realizes, I've been doing a movie about cars for 25 years. I should probably get the best car driver in the world in one of these at some point. So he's putting on the recruiting pitch for Lewis Hamilton. Of course, when Lewis first met Vin Diesel, his first question was, "Can, can you actually drive? (laughs) <laughs> Didn't hear the response, but we shall see. I hope Lewis Hamilton somehow ends up in a Fast and Furious movie. Seems like it's going to happen. That's good. Yeah. The guns looked good there on Vin, I will say. He was he's flexing hard there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a, They've continued to go on and, like, they've been in the gym together now working out. It's like, you know, Lewis runs the game on the track and Vin holds it down in the gym, I suppose. So, I don't know. Maybe in a year we'll see... Uh, Lewis Hamilton rocking a Larry the Cable Guy shirt, sleeveless shirt out there. <laughs> oh, come on. How great would that be? Driving one-handed on F1 car, guns out. I'd love it. Yeah. If we can't get Lewis Hamilton in, uh, in F10, let's get Jeff Foxworth. <laughs> uh, Tass, do you have an answer for this? I don't really have anything. Well, I guess the inception of the Toronto Raptors was perfect for me. Mm. I like basketball. Came around just in my, uh, my formative years. I'm ready to... W- Take in another sport. I'm a dinosaur lover. Sure, why not? Uh, also was founded by a uh, Macedonian man, John Bitov. Macedonia is Greece. Greece is Macedonia, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, the perfect timing for me, the Toronto Raptors. Also, yeah, it also came along when uh, you know I was a big baseball head. Uh, but the baseball strike happened just as the, uh, the oh, Raptors wow, were call. coming around. So it was a uh, perfect swing for me. From one to the other. Nice little opening there. Great stuff, guys. Awesome questions. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in. At No Dunks Inc. Drop them below this YouTube video in the comments section there. We've got basketball back tonight. 
It's wild. This is like our third season in <laughs> a year, <laughs> a calendar yeah. year. But we are back into it. The Brooklyn Nets, of course, without the services of one Kyrie Irving, are going to be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight to open the season, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on TNT. I think they have a, an hour pregame show, which is where I assume we're going to learn the first 25 names on the NBA's uh, 75th greatest you know, 75th uh, anniversary team, uh, 25 tonight, again, 25 on Wednesday, and I think 25 more on Thursday. So I'm sure we'll be debating that on tomorrow's show. But Bucks ring ceremony, that's the first game. And then we got Warriors-Lakers uh, as the nightcap. Lee, are you ready to stay up late Yeah, uh, to, to watch these games again? Or are you going to be doing the old morning watch with the second uh, game? Well, both, yeah. I mean, uh, well, uh, maybe not tonight, but uh, as the season progresses there. But I believe they're releasing them in alphabetical order too. Right. So oh, we can probably okay. even guess a couple like Abdul-Jabbar, you know, he's going to be there. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You want to lock him in? Yeah, do they go Alcinda or Abdul Jabbar? I know your no, father in law still calls him Alcinda, Trey, but. Uh... <laughs> I bet they'll go Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> okay, so you think we're just getting the 25 first names tonight? That's how they're going uh, to I believe, I believe that's how they're going to yeah. be released because they don't want it to be about this guy's ranked number one, this guy's ranked no, number two, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. But if you're going to do that over, like, the course of three nights, uh, I think that would have been a little more fun, like some sort of eras a little bit, personally. But eh, maybe. Uh, whatever. We'll find out tonight. First 25 names. Again, we'll be talking about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, just a just a reminder, if you didn't catch yesterday's show, Pick'em is back. And we already made our picks for this game, the Nets-Bucks game. Tass Swervin taking Brooklyn on the road. Milwaukee is favored by one and a half, so they got to win by two or more points for Trey, Lee, and myself to get the uh, first W here as we fire this up for the, uh, well, I guess short month of October, unless we're going to spin that into November. We haven't decided, but we'll figure it out. Go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Like I said, keep your questions coming. No Dunks at theathletic.com. Subscribe to No Dunks and our Survivor podcast, No Buffs, on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, basically wherever you download and listen to podcasts. You can search for No Dunks and you can search for No Buffs if you're a Survivor fan. And if you haven't already, grab yourself a subscription to The Athletic. If you act today, you can upgrade your Pro Hoops coverage for just $2.49 a month. $2.49 a month. So go to theathletic.com slash no dunks uh, to get a athletic subscription. You will not be disappointed if you don't have one. Trust me. And that is a great deal. Enjoy the games tonight going to be really fun to have real basketball back we will be back tomorrow 10 a.m eastern live here on youtube podcast soon to follow until then clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember here's an nba sicko fact for you we're just talking about alphabetically the players that will be listed as members of the nba 75 well the first player alphabetically in nba history is ala abdinalbi can't forget that name. It's true. Sammy Nono points it out. Abdinal. We're talking last names. Abdinalbi, the first name when you're going through the almanac of NBA players who have <laughs> ever played. Ala Abdinalbi. That's interesting. There's been no, all I gotta say. There's been no Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I checked it out. No Aaron as a last name. Right, right. No Aaron. Of course, you got your Gordon. Of course, you got your McKee. You got your Williams. Of course. Package that came back Brooks. for your Vince Carter. Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> All right. We'll see if uh, Abdul Nalbi makes the NBA 75 list uh, tonight before the game. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Embrace the day, people. You could stay, ooh, every day.
as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.